Welcome to Chicks Talking Drag, where we discuss everything drag race. This season we'll be chatting about UK drag race versus the world and we are so excited. Absolutely, and we cannot wait to take you on this journey with us. Yes. Beware of spoilers. Hello and welcome to Chicks Talking Drag. My name is Anna and as usual I'm joined by the one and only Gabby. And we are so excited to have you here. Welcome to Drag Race UK versus the world. It is the first episode, guys, and we are so, so excited. I can't believe that after all this time, we finally have an international drag race version. I am super excited, especially considering the cast that we have. Obviously, there's been years of Reddit rumors and anticipation, and it's just really exciting to see all these international fan favorites come together in one room. So it is on BBC Free, and actually thanks to the hype with Drag Race, it is now on TV again. It's about bloody time, guys. It's about bloody time. So the series was filmed in Manchester, and it also sees the return of Drag Race UK panelists RuPaul, Michelle Visage, Graham Norton, and Alan Carr. Now... This season, things are going to be a little, little different. It's going to be a little different. And yeah, kicking off the premiere, we get an introduction to the queens on the main stage rather than the workroom, which was an absolute gasp. And the UK queens were introduced first. Gabby, can you tell us more? Yeah, surely. Uh, so as usual, actually... This is the first episode, so it's not usual. You guys, if you have never listened to us and this is your first time, welcome. If you are coming back, welcome back. And uh, at every episode, when it comes to clothing, we just want to take things a little bit at pace. So I will run them down for you. So first up, we have Baga dressed as Lady Diana in a white tube bedazzled dress and a crown. And I was like, what? Blue Hydrangea dressed like a smurf on acid with blue skin and green hair and dresses and accessories and some pink accents. And I was like, what? I, I was so confused by most of the people, what they were wearing, like confusion. Sharon Hall was dressed as a pink dancing diva. Danny JK dressed as a blue dominatrix. Like, okay. Jimbo as a psychedelic jumpsuit, which reminds me of the 70s. Lemon is dressed in yellow, as you would expect by hair. And Pangina Hills is dressed as a beauty pageant with a Thailand stash, because she came to represent. Mohart is dressed as a purple princess with green hair. The hair. And Jujubee is last, but definitely not least. And is dressed, as always, in a very pedestrian black little dress. So pedestrian, I can't. <laughs> she always well, does that for her entrance looks, doesn't she? Always. Well, she went from in working in the shop to becoming the mall manager. Like, but I'm just like, Juju has given us some really beautiful looks. Why does she always have a really pedestrian workroom look? Like, that is not a standout for me. No, well, no, maybe, no. Maybe <laughs> she's expecting, like, in American Drag Race, that you have that, like, those weird photo moments, like the tic tac in season 14 now. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, you have that very weird the picture moment. And with whatever she's wearing in a very pedestrian way, she's also going to be very right. comfortable. So. True. 
I mean, but JJB is not basic, but this workroom look was basic. I'll tell you what, though. Do you know what wasn't basic? I'm going to tell you my standouts, okay? First of all, let's, let's talk about the clown in the room, Jimbo, the fashion clown. Can I just say that I can't believe how good she looks? Like, if you compare how she looked like on Canada Drag Race Season 1 and now, oh my god, like, the glow-up is real. It's not just the look that she put together, but it's also her makeup. Like, her makeup is beautifully blended. She's using colors that work well for her skin tone and aesthetic. She looks like a fashion clown that actually knows how to do her makeup. Obviously, Jimbo is a comedian, right? So she's known for being funny. But now, now she looks aesthetically pleasing to look at. And I'm so happy for it. Like, for me, she had the biggest glow up out of everyone. And yeah. I just loved everything about it. She was literally serving me the biggest tits that I've ever seen in my life. And she because was a my. pretty voluptuous fashion clown in my life. Okay, that's an exaggeration. On a drag queen, right? They are big. They're huge. Right. <laughs> and, and I loved that she even had a prop which she took out of her massive titties, that ham and cheese sandwich that she just casually threw at the other queens. And I, I was here for it. Beautiful. Also, I was really excited for um, Pangina's look as well. She was playing tribute to Miss Universe 1988. And that was actually the year that she was born. So I think that's amazing. She looked like a goddess. She looked like pageantry and she looked refined. It was beautiful. And I was here for Mohart's look as well. Because as always, she was looking regal as fuck. Like, I thought it was impossible for her to be even more polished than her original season, but apparently I was wrong. I just loved the gilded lilac and gold jumpsuit and the way that she paired it with the asymmetrical plumed half dress. It really reminded me of Naomi Small's absolutely gorgeous Prince tribute in All Stars 4 and her finale look, so it's safe to say that I am obsessed. I mean, we could be here all day talking fashion, and there were other queen's looks that I really enjoyed, like Blue Hydrangea, whose look cured my PTSD and depression. But, but you know, that would take all year long. So those were my main standouts, and I just thought they looked fierce as fuck. But let's also address another elephant in the room, RuPaul who comes in in a forklift? I, I don't even know. What was that that she came in on? Like, what is that? I what do you even know. call that? I, it, don't, I don't know. You know, like, Laganja just dropped from the ceiling into the splits while Rue was just coming in, whatever that was, ascending from the heavens. And I was just like, um, okay. And she actually tells the queens as to what amazing, beautiful prize that they get. Are you ready to hear what prize they get, Gabby? Yes, let me know. Well, as usual, there's no money. However, you do get the title of being the queen of the mud of tucking universe. And you also get to record a duet with the supermodel herself, aka Miss RuPaul. Mm -hmm. And the proceeds will actually go to comic relief and children in need. What do you think? I know that there's no money, but this, there's something a little different this time, I guess. Well, there is, you know, like with influencers, when brands say, I don't have any money, but you're going to gain a lot of exposure. feels a lot like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. It feels a and lot can I, like Can that. I just say something really shady as well? Mm-hmm. 
so, well, not even something shady that I said, something shady that my boyfriend said. He was like, oh, I, well, I guess this season is GGBs to win, right? As there's no cash prize. I was like, wow, so nice. So, so gentlemanly, so kind. But maybe he's right. I don't know. Possibly. Everything is possible when it comes to drag race, really. Yeah. You know, you didn't, you wouldn't think that a queen would be on the show four times, but there you go. They do. And then again, I guess this time around it makes sense for them not to be paid because at the end of the day, they already have done their seasons and they already have gained the money and exposure and whatnot. So, and I guess that's why, well, not as much as they could have because they haven't been touring COVID. Uh, um, At the same time, like, it's not like they're going completely bankrupt to actually go to the show, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I reckon some of them really are bankrupt in themselves, but I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, we do get presented our maxi challenge. Would you like to tell us what it is? Yes, I am very excited for it because this seems to be a growing trend in recent seasons, right? So we got season 14 where there was a talent show and now we got it with UK versus the world as well. So... It is, of course, a talent show, which I'm very excited about because I really like seeing how the queens perform out of the gate and what better way to test them than through a talent show, which, going with the UK theme, is called the Royal Command. Mm. It's a very royal Albert Festival fantasy. You know what I'm saying. You Mm. know, you know. Now, Mm. before we get into, you know, a little kiki about it, I just want to say... I want to see something different and I want to see something original. I want to be blown away and slide into climax. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. she does also um, announce. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I just want to, I just want the talent to give me an orgasm. That, that's, I'm just saying, right, that we've seen a lot of talent shows and I don't want to see lip sync and dancing for every single performance. And if it is lip sync and dancing, it better be something different that we haven't seen before. But we will delve into that later, I guess. So, yeah, she does also announce yeah. that the series has all-star rules, but she doesn't tell us what, what, what it is just yet. Exactly. Gabby, what are you saying? <laughs> well, all-stars rules keep changing every single time. So, like, realistically, even though season one of all-stars was shamble. <laughs> she could have been like, and now getting to Paris. <laughs> oh my god! But also, then again, she could have been like, okay, guys, the winner gets to lip sync, uh, gets to lip sync, uh, uh, lip sync assassin, and they would have been like all UK queens. Imagine that. That would have been so right. fantastic. And then uh, that would have been cool. Yeah, and all the girls get to vote for one of the of the lipsticks, or like the those are rules that we all got used to. The two winning queens, hmm. they, they lip sync each other and like decide who's going home. But we won't get to know about it until a little bit later. But what we do get to know about this time around is um, the workroom chat. The girls finally get to de drag. 
you see Pangina Hills in her beautiful self. Like, if she wasn't married, if she wasn't almost an homosexual, and if she wasn't uh, <laughs> way pregnant, girl. <laughs> like, good way pregnant. To be honest with you, and if it was, she wasn't living in Thailand. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know. <laughs> but um, I think. Like, to be honest, guys, there's so many talk- workroom chat this time around. is insane. But t- during this first part of the workroom, it's actually very nice to see that some of the girls are actually friends from already touring together, which is, is absolutely great because it shows that uh, RuPaul Drag Race actually creates family. And, like, when the girls say we're actually sisters and, like, it's about sisterhood around the franchises, they're not lying. And a great example is given to us by Jimbo and Bag of Chips who decide to share the same workroom station because they already worked together in the past uh, while touring and uh, they just enjoy each other's company. And, uh, of course, they're the two funny queens that you want to love each other because they're gonna i cannot wait to see them maybe actually paired up on a funny challenge and making us laugh our asses out and then we get on to the next part which is maybe opposite which is uh, jujube monique hart who are basically reading the the competition to filth they're like oh i was so shady right yeah everyone is like i don't yeah, why these girls, I didn't expect them to be more polished and stuff like that. I'm like, bitch, <laughs> like you literally just came in and she's ready to the fight. The competition literally just started. Like, exactly. Wow. But literally, even when they walked into the, the main stage uh, at the start, like the moment uh, more heart came in, like you can feel like... Everyone was so nice to each other before. They were like, oh my God, I follow you. And I, I want to see you work. I cannot wait to have this uh, adventure with you. And then Mohar comes in. They're lying. Like, Crickets. And uh, in fact, uh, Blue and uh, Charil discuss that and uh, talk about how competitive the US Queen are and like the different vibe that they bring to the competition. Because like realistically, everyone else is there to have a little bit of a laugh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what do you think about that, actually? Like the US queens, just uh, like their energy and what they bring to the table. I think it's really interesting because I think the, the UK queens are right in saying that American queens really do like to compete and they're very competitive. Like they will cut a bitch and they will not show any remorse, no regret. I will say that definitely seen a different side to Mohart this season. I mean, it's only been one episode in and she is, woo, she is blonde this episode. My boyfriend was like, oh, why is she being such a bitch? And I was like, excuse me, do not talk about her like that. She's not a bitch. I still love her. Also, there is such thing called editing. And queens read each other. That's what they do. They're not there to be nasty. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think she's just... She's just being witty. Uh, that's, I guess. that's how I see it. But then, I, I don't know. It, it does come across a little bit harsh. But it does. I'm like, it does weird. come across as the villain of this season. Maybe that's... Yeah, the, which makes me worried for her. Oh, not really. Maybe she's going to have a redeeming heart. Because they do. Maybe. So there's also a really funny moment in which Baga teaches British slang 
Pangina, Mo, and Juju B. All things that realistically they will never, ever, 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 ever use. Or maybe they will. But that, like, realistically, I don't remember half of them. And, like, I've been living here for 10 years. So I don't know. And also, like, Pangina is married. I don't know when she's going to be flirting with people, but we'll see. And then we get to elimination break. And Anna, would you like to take us away? Yes. I mean, there is so much tea to be spilling here. I know, speaking of afternoon tea, the tea is piping hot. Now, guys, if you want to be here all night, I could tell you every single little thing that happens on elimination day, but I'm not going to. And I'm going to condense it to all the juiciest moments this episode. First of all, we need to talk about something really important which is kind of the beef between Blue and Mo, or rather previous beef, should I say? Yeah. So one thing I'll notice about Blue this episode is that she's a lot more confident than she was in UK Drag Race Season 1, which yeah. I'm very happy yeah. about. She seems to have kind of found her voice, and she's feeling fabulous. She's feeling her oats, and I'm here for it. Also, she's quite shady too, but when she does it, you, she kind of gets away with it because she just comes across so innocent but really she's like a filthy whore you know <laughs> it's very it's very much that kind of vibe mm-hmm. but basically blue is very surprised to see mo in the workroom and she's like okay well let me tell you girl the first time i saw you i absolutely i actually hated you and i'm just like whoa that was um that was forward that was that was a, that was a lot mm-hmm. and basically yeah they were at a gig in belfast and Blue was on the lineup and she was absolutely starstruck because there was loads of really cool artists like Moha and Brooklyn Heights and what have you. And she was opening up for Mo. Mm-hmm. And Mo apparently asked her to tie her shoelaces and hold her garments. But then she shouted at Blue for not keeping them off the floor. And Blue thought that she was such a diva. However, this beef is kind of, you know, quashed very quickly because Mo does apologize and explain that she was feeling nervous. Um, and said that she was nervous of having garments that day that they would read, which I presume she's talking about the audience, I think. She I doesn't think really clarify that. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it's the other queens. I didn't actually think of that. But regardless, I guess I could kind of see, you know, we all have our off days. Or, as Mo says, we all have our Alyssa Edwards moments. You know how it is. Um, one thing we do have to talk about as well is Janie and Pagina talking about the pressures that they have of representing their whole country in the talent show. So obviously all the other queens, they have, you know, friendies from the country, but they don't. Mm-hmm. So they are solely representing Holland or solely representing Thailand. And that is obviously a lot. As Janie says, if you fuck up, people might be like, oh, and this is how you're representing us now. And um, but John is like, you know, I am nervous, but mm-hmm. you just kind of have to leave that aside and be yourself. And then Janie's like, oh, well, it's so funny because you, you've never been judged, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously she's been the judge of, as a co-host of mm-hmm. Thailand. And she's like, uh, well, I've been judged my whole life. But, you know, obviously this is a very different experience for her. She is anxious about it. But she said she's very good at taking criticism and feedback on board, which will be very interesting to see. We don't know how it's going to pan out. And although the other girls have done this before, she hasn't. But she said she's a very fast learner. And I'm 
you know, I'm here for it. What do you think about them, you know, representing themselves? Like, being yeah, the sole I totally agree. I totally agree. Like, you should never go into this type of competition seeing it as you're representing all your country because then you're never gonna, uh, like, the bar that you're setting for yourself is too high to achieve and to reach. And then, like, the type of frustration and the pressure you might end up being going into is just not worth it, like, for your mental health and, like, just in general. So I think that I'm going to take a page from their book and whatever I'm doing and just doing it for myself rather than thinking about, oh, let me represent everyone that is in my position. Right. Because even if you're trying to represent people that are in your position, not everyone is going to be happy with what you do and the way you do it. Yeah, and as you say, sometimes it's important to not to not care about what other people think about you because you're the one living your life, not other people. So they're not the judge of what you can and can't do. And we all make mistakes. So even if anyone fucks up in the talent show, they tried at least, right? So, you know, you, that people can't be like, oh, you failed a country. Like, that's a bit dramatic, you know? I mean, and... It's just it's just toxic mindset to have, yeah. which leads me to another bit of piping hot tea. I mean, there's so much to talk about in this elimination day, but this is the one that I really want to like kind of end it at, and it's something important that we should talk about. So, for anyone that's watched Canada's Drag Race, you all know that Jimbo and Lemon were very good friends. Mm-hmm. So they were the best of Kikias. They were the best of sisters. But they're not so close anymore. And Juju has been asking the tea that we've all been waiting to hear. She says to Lemon, like, you know, what is the deal with you and Jimbo? And I was like, yeah, I'd like to know too. She's, and Lemon's like, well, you know, I really love Jimbo, but we don't even text anymore. And I was just like, okay, why is that? And she just like straight away was like, well, you know, Jimbo felt robbed and felt like, um, she deserved to be there in the competition. But Lemon's just like, well, when you take things that personally, you have to realize that it's bigger than you. And there were such tough competitors on Drag Race Canada. And I'm just like, you know, I kind of agree with what Lemon is saying, but I understand where Jimbo's, Jimbo has come from too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's obviously... I don't know why she's kind of taken that out on Lemon or if she is taken out. This this was obviously a while ago, so we don't really know what's happened since. But I'm just kind of of the the mindset of, you know, like Pangina is saying, you've got to do this competition for you, not other people. So if you are taking it that personally, you're just going to make yourself feel worse in the long run because they obviously did a good job. But as Lemon was saying, you know, there were some really tough competitors on Drag Race Canada. I mean, come on, we we had Scarlet Bobo, we had Priyanka, we had Rita Bagger. We had some really great queens in this lineup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you don't win, it doesn't mean that you've done a bad job. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that you tried your hardest and you couldn't go further than that point, you know, and now they've both come back for a second chance. So maybe this could be the opportunity for them to foster a relationship again. I don't know. But as Cheryl was saying, you know, you can't just expect everyone to be sisters and to be 
close because when you're in an environment, let's say you're at your work, you're at school or you're at uni or whatever, you're obviously friends with people for a period of time. And then when you move away from, let's say, university, you're not going to keep in touch with ev- everyone, are you? Because that's mm-hmm. going to be impossible. Naturally, you, you know, gravi- gravitate towards certain friendships and yeah, lose sight in others. So I think that's very normal to happen. Yeah, what do you think? 100%. Like, you cannot be friends with everyone that everyone around you and also like for example i moved here 10 years ago from italy and people right. that i literally grew up with uh so every day went to school with now have i have nothing to do with and like some of them we were really good friends so it's just because you've been through things together like you can grow apart and it's normal it happens to the best of us and sometimes it's also good just for for yourself because like maybe you know that you're not going to be like the best person around this person or like you don't know how this person is going to affect you personally so you just prefer to like move remove yourself from the situation and it's fine so we get into the runway and uh, of course rue is looking like an 80s video girl with this like pink mini dress with like cutouts and like pattern yellow tights i was like she's living her best fantasy out there like she literally looked like with me used to in you know i want to dance with somebody but like even more nasty like you know like uh my name is janet but miss jackson if you're nasty that's the, that's the vibe that i was getting my name is oh. RuPaul, but rude if you're nasty oh, girl. <laughs> but uh yeah we get into the main challenge straight after straight off the bat because this is a long episode and uh we start off with lemon who is rapping and dancing and she does like a jumping split from like a meter and a half and uh, she kind of reminded me of Aja when she did that split, like in uh, All Stars 3, when everyone was like, is she going to jump from that? And then she did. <laughs> I literally wrote the same thing as well. And I then said the same. Yeah, but I feel like that's why everyone was, um, towards the end, this is not innovative. This is not nothing new. We saw this already. Because they did. So what do you think about Lemon? Well... It's not something I haven't seen before, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't think it I didn't think it was bad. I thought she was good. It's just I've seen it before. But I still enjoyed it. I definitely feel like it was worthy of being safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I liked that she was rapping and the the song was quite catchy. It wasn't my like personal flavor of the month if you catch my drift. But I thought that the choreo was tight and she was doing her thing. Um, I just would have loved to see her some, do something different, you know, like rapping live. Because we know that she can rap. Hello. Her mm-hmm. verse on Priyanka's, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like we're just going to see so many lip sync performances tonight and I'm just over it, like officially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just over it. Like, please give me something different, please. But next up we have Mo Hart. Now we know that Mo is a good singer, but... What was going on with the sound production tonight? 
like she sounded great, but there was a lot of echoes and feedback, which you kind of think that the production would have control of. I mean, she gave an all right performance, but it could have been better. I didn't like the look so much either. It didn't really match the vibe of the song, but I did appreciate that she was singing live. And I, I still love Moha. I just seen her doing better. Like, I think her performance in her um, original talent show in All Stars 4 was better, mm-hmm. like, for sure. I, I did like the song. Like, I did like this song. I just feel like it could have been better. I don't know. What do you think? Did you enjoy the performance? Well, I like the fact that she branched out the of genre. And um, I liked right. what she was wearing. Would I say this was my favorite performance? I would be lying if no. I said so. So let's move on to the third performance, which is like from Bas wow. from to Worse, which is Jenny Jacquet, which realistically, I love Jenny Jacquet to heart. I do. I really do. I, I enjoyed her during uh, Drag Race Holland. I thought she was robbed like i went all through these emotions so to see her doing quick change in the way she did with the clothes she was wearing and like the wig uh-huh. she was wearing and like makeup she, she had i was just like yeah my friend that's the door <laughs> but <laughs> what are your thoughts wow yeah this was okay so i'll of all the performances, this is the one that I liked the least, mm-hmm. I would say. Which, it, which, like you, I thought that Jenny Jacquet was absolutely fierce, a goddess. I thought she was amazing. Like, I really enjoyed her on Drag Race Holland. Mm-hmm. But I was really disappointed because, to me, Jenny Jacquet and also Holland Drag in general is very polished. And this felt very crunchy. It was, it was so crunchy. And I'm like, you're normally so, like, on point. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, you know, I love, I love a good Vogue in session, but this just wasn't it. It didn't feel original and it had way too many sloppy reveals. Like when she took off, um, when she took off her first, uh, what was she wearing beginning? She was, I can't even remember. Okay. Yeah. See, I can't even remember what she was wearing because it got to that absolutely garish, like neon green dress. And you had the sleeves hanging Mm. down underneath the dress. And I was like, um, okay. (laughs) She just, yeah, she just could have done like, Oh, I don't know. She could have done so much more. But next up, we have Bag of Chips. And I'm going to really sound like a negative Nancy. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But I just really wanted to see different things. That's why. And we've seen a lot of talent shows recently. So maybe that's why I'm being a little bit more critical. I know that Rue was crying with laughter, but I've seen it before. Like, Bag of always makes me laugh. Like, I love Bag of Chips. I think she's funny. I think she takes it up the ass. <laughs> I think she's stunning, but I just feel like she, this was kind of like a cop out. She could have done so much more for her talent. It's like, I just wandered down the pub and I watched someone do karaoke and I was like, "Mm, sorry, bagger. It wasn't much better at all. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like this was to me was kind of a bottom performance. Not going to lie. I wasn't, I wasn't massively here for it, but she made me laugh, but, yeah, nah, um, meh. Nah. I don't really know what else. To, I don't really know what else to say. Meh. 
Um, what did you think? Did you like Bag of Chips' performance? Like, I, I have no so extra words to add. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Huh? It was much worse. So right. We, we swiftly move into Jimbo, who gave us a comedy bit, which realistically, I see what why people were laughing. I just uh, that's not my type of humor. So right, I see what she did because I don't like clowns per, per se. I appreciate it, but I think you have better words to say to brighten up our day. <laughs> I know. I was like waiting all episode for like a good talent show performance. And I was like, I want something different. I want something unique. I want something I haven't seen before. And um, yeah, Jimbo definitely gave it to me. I was equal parts confused as I was hysterically laughing. And I've watched it three or four times now and I've still laughed every time. Yeah, I know it's not your kind of thing, but I like stupid humor. It's funny. Um, And I just found it hilarious like i haven't seen it before (laughs) at first when she came out i was like is she a sperm or is she a pregnant ghost but i feel like she unintentionally or intentionally paid tribute to the lunar ghost from sarah michelle geller's scooby-doo and art the clown from 2016 slasher film terrifier yep and so she even had props which i'm here for props i'm a prop queen so she had a box labeled talent and then she opened it and there was nothing inside and i was like i was just swept along with the story i was like "Ooh, what's gonna go on and the noises that she was making it was just making me cry and i just loved that she took the ham out of her little zip hole at the bottom mm-hmm. of her pregnant ghost thing you know she had like a little ham stashed away yeah, yeah, that came out of yeah. the, of the vajayjay. <laughs> oh, so I was, I, yeah, no, I was just like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm kind of living for it. It was so funny, and I know that Cheryl and Bagel were like, I don't know what the fuck is going on today, but <laughs> I was enjoying myself. I I didn't fully understand what was happening, but I still loved it. It was great, fantastic. Um, but we do get on to Cheryl Hall. So Jimbo cured my depression and Cheryl Hall just was there. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't really mean that. I do love Cheryl and I definitely think that she is not mediocre and she is a great dancer and a great performer. But again, I've seen this kind of performance way too many times. She's a talented girl, but I just wanted to see if she had any other talents that we didn't know about. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Can, what, what else can she do? Can she play the drums? That would be fun. Like, what did you think? Did you like Cheryl's performance? Yeah, it was okay. Like, we know what Cheryl's is on about and what she does. And she just gave it to us in a clean fashion. But in the same way that Jujubee did, like, she we know her because she can sing that's what she does for a living so realistically it's not like they came here and uh, came and wanted to surprise us they just wanted to do what they they know that they can do well you thought some jujubes performed people are just gonna think that i'm being a bitch i'm not i promise i am a really nice person look jujubee is another queen that i really love i do love her been on drag race like four times and queens of the universe 
I still love her because it's Juju B. I mean, she's a freaking legend. But the singing was off key, unfortunately. Um, I thought maybe it was just me, but my partner was saying the same. And apparently some people on social were saying that too. So, you know, it wasn't really the right song. I appreciate that she's singing her own song, but I've heard her sing better. And there was the same issue that we had with Moha with the sound production. So that was creating some, you know, offbeat vocals. And I just was not obsessed. Not at all. I do love her, but it was one of my least favorite performances, unfortunately. But on a brighter note, can we talk about the legend that is Pangina Heels? Oh my fucking God. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. So I was obsessed with Pangina and Jimbo this episode, but Pangina, like we, we haven't really seen a lot of, right? I mean, unless you've watched Drag Race Thailand, which I have, but you know, she's a judge on that. She's not here doing, you know, what other Queens do. So I was like, I was like absolutely mesmerized by her performance. Yes. She was lip syncing. Yes. She was doing an original song, but it felt different. First of all, she mixed culture. She mixed, art she mixed comedy she mixed dance moves rapping singing all into one performance and she was good it was a catchy song fight for your life yep that's what um drag race is all about and you know she she did the splits she showed us whacking which oh my god after that performance i literally looked it up because i was like wow this looks so cool you didn't know and I, I just he's like yeah he's uh, like voguing basically is a mix of uh, modeling and that is is nice. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I had no idea, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, I I, I think I've seen something similar before, but I have not seen it to that extent. Like she did it, like she did it so fast. I was just like, "Wow!" Yeah, she was fast. She was really fast. That was insane, and I just was thinking against her because I think there are going to be very few queens, if any, that can beat her. She's so good. Like, what did you think? No, she was good. She was amazing, really. Like, I think Pandina is one of those queens to beat this season because she came uh, and she was like, okay, you guys don't know me. I have something to prove because uh, realistically people think that she's going to do well out of favoritism because she's already a judge, so a judge cannot do badly or something like that. But... She's here to show every bitch wrong because she she knows what she does, she's doing, she knows why she's good at it and so forth. So yeah. It's, it's just it was just so nice. Like it, it was a moment that I was like, yeah, I like this, I love it. Yeah, I just felt really good about it. Like I actually smiled when when uh, when she was dancing i was just like yeah but lastly me too but lastly we had blue-eyed raindrop who does this funny mannequin singing and dancing routine and i was like in stitches because this is like the type of humor that is a bit of me what did you think yeah i really enjoyed it so like if we're looking at the queens like i would rank blue as third out of all of them so i i would put you know jimbo and uh, Panjoina as the top two and Blue would be third and you know you never know really what Blue is going to do I, I didn't know what to expect what she was 
Yeah, but yeah, she smashed it. Like, I was like, I, I, I don't know how she comes up with these ideas, but I'm here for it. Like, everyone always looks, you know, so surprised when Blue gets dirty and she looks so innocent, but I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. She was like, she said an iconic line. What was it? People think I'm a bottom, but I'm here to dominate. Dominate, And I was like, oh, I can fuck with that. <laughs> I was like, and, you know, we know I love Blue. I think she's great. She's great. And she did a good job. She represented for the UK today. Yes, she did. But we do get to the runway. And the category is I'm a winner, baby. Gabby, tell us your rundown. Give us the tea. Of course. So first up, we have Lemon with this cream yellow pageant, pageantry eleganza with yellow shoes and a crown with yellow details, which was really nice. And the cups were lemon designed. So it was just nice. Monique was wearing this emerald green with a royal train, massive, massive train dress eleganza with this headpiece which actually i i i just admire because it, it goes back to african culture and is very much celebrating uh her roots then there is jenny with this red sea shoe dress which is cute is cute but it's not like it's something that we haven't seen before Bag of Chips is dressed like an Oscar award, and I'm confu- I was so confused until she explained it. I was so confused. <laughs> like uh, if the I thought, I thought she was like the that. I thought she was like the golden ticket from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know, I was like, so oh. <laughs> I was like, that's not an Oscar, baby. That is not like if the voiceover wasn't there, I would have been like. This is off brief, like take her off her stage. Um, <laughs> Jimbo uh, is dressed as a queen chess piece in black and white and is absolutely glorious. I don't know how tall Jimbo is and uh, like realistically how tall the heels she wears are, but with that headpiece crown and like, oh my God, she must have been so majestic amazing like chef kiss through and through on this one then the sherry hole which is dressed in white with the two golden stars uh, by her shoulders and a golden train then there's jujube who's wearing like a purple glitterati moment which i'm like okay like compared to all, everything everything that the girls were wearing i was just like eh. Pangina was wearing this ties, uh, wearing this dress, which inspired by her Thai culture, and like she puts together different elements of her culture. And like what was really nice is the embroidery with the Thai alphabet. Nice. And lastly, there is Blue Hydrangea, which is dressed as a pink troll doll, and uh, I'm like confused, but that's fine. So, what are your standouts? Well, I've got three standouts, girl. And first of all, let's start with Mohart. I always think that Mohart is one of those queens that makes anything look good. Even on her original season, when she didn't have no money and she sewed all her outfits, like literally like minutes before she had to go on stage, she still looked good because she knows how to sell a garment. 
But now that she does have money and she's expensive, honey, she she looks beyond incredible. Like I have no idea how she manages to step her pussy up. Like especially considering how polished she was on All Stars Four, but she just she's just literally perfection. Like I loved the taffeta gown and the regal shade of forest green was absolutely beautiful. I mean the hundred and eighty yards of fabric. I mean come on, that is insane. And I I really loved that heritage that. That heritage. I really loved that headdress as well, and the fact that she is paying homage to her African heritage. I think she looked beautiful, and we got to see a glimpse of her little red coiffed wig peeping out from under her headdress, which was everything. It was a little tease moment. I was here for it, and possibly my favorite look of the episode. Mm, let's scratch that. It was my favorite look. This was my ultimate standout. Jimbo, no surprise there. Um, but if you'd asked me in Canada Drag Race, I would have said that surprise because she was not the fashion queen or the makeup queen back then, but she has had a glow up for real. And I feel like this is actually an upgrade of her episode one look in Drag Race Canada. You know the one I mean, right? The monochromatic dress that was serving as clown realness and that, um, that sketchy makeup too. But this oh. look... This look, I want it. I really want it in my wardrobe. Like, I love that she is that that queen chess piece. Like, she's got a large black crown and a monochromatic um, white and black dress that just feels correct. The boobicles are looking tasty. The exaggerated ruff is giving me queen realness. And I am loving that magnificent face paint, which could probably pass her as the ghost of that pregnant thing clown sperm <laughs> what whatever that was all i'm saying is <laughs> yeah jimbo really killed it this episode like i'm so happy for her and finally miss pangina another queen that looked regal and expensive as fuck Ugh, i'm just obsessed with her too like oh my goodness like i can't believe that we never got an opportunity to experience her the way we're experiencing her today like honestly i'm so happy about it mm -hmm. and her dress was absolutely beautiful she was paying homage to mythical thai goddesses um and this is a reference to temple paintings that she had seen growing up who descend from the heavens which she has modernized for the main stage so she actually has 44 thai alphabets on her skin and her dress was actually hand stitched with beading and crystals and she looks incredible. I loved the Chada headpiece, which was paired with the Pood Sawn ear cuffs. And she looked stunning. And yes, Miss Fing, I did do my research because I wanted to know. I, you know, I was like, I feel like Pangina is a reference queen, so let me look it up. And yes, I did look it up. And she did have a reference. She looked beautiful. Gorgeous. Right. So good. Hands down, real good. And uh, so we do get to the new rules. And uh, out of our three guesses, we end up discovering that the rules of this season are that the two top queens get to decide who will be eliminated from the two bottom queens. Uh, you might be very familiar with these mechanics in which two queens uh, are standing to lip sync for their life, and eventually one of them, the winner, gets to send home 
whoever they want. And uh, we saw this infamous scene uh, in which uh, Naomi Smalls sent uh, our amazing Anila Luzon home because she was competition. So realistically, a surprise like that might be in the cards. We will see people being robbed. We will. Oh, it's, um, it's almost guaranteed when it comes to an all-stars format, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. But yeah, would you like to tell us who's safe, who's the top, and who's the bottom? Uh, I think that the top is pretty clear. But please let us know who the bottom and who the safe queens are. Sure. So obviously. Well, I say obviously, like we've announced it already, but our top two is Pangina, Heels and Jimbo. And then our bottom two is Janie and Lemon, which means our safe queens are Blue Hydrangea, Cheryl Hall, Bag of Chips, Juju B and Mohart. And I have to say that I definitely agree with the top two. Um, I don't agree with the bottom two, though. Because I do think that Janie should have been in the bottom, but I don't think that Lemon should have been there. No. While I was not like completely obsessed with her performance, I still enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed the split that she did, even if it wasn't the most original thing that you know I've ever seen. I still thought it was good, and I don't think that she should have been the bottom. She deserved to be safe. You know, she definitely deserved to be safe. (laughs) But Panjana and Jimbo, I was so happy for them. So excited. But I know that you share similar feelings to me, right? So instead of Lemon in the bottom, who would you have put from the safe queens? Like, who would you put there? Cheryl. And why? Boring. Seen seen it, done it. But also, like, it wasn't exciting in any way. Like, every girl that sang and danced their own piece, they basically did the same thing. But Cheryl didn't do anything like excite like she didn't throw herself she didn't uh, do like pangina like a split uh, and uh, like the f- uh, the fastest uh, the fastest rap in uh, in, uh, in this uh, season like there's so many things sure. that you could have done to evolve that lip sync moment and i was just like Ugh. and also baga like i get that everyone loves yeah. baga but like realistically but it wasn't like a yeah. performance. Like I can go down to a pub and uh, find a, a drunk man doing the same thing. So, Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, I love Bagger too. But also we're here to, um, you know, give our honest opinions on the Queens and the talent show performances. And a lot of them did not deliver, you know. Yeah. A lot of them didn't. Especially when you're like Queens of this world, my friend. But we do get onto a yeah. top and uh, the girls need to plead their cases. And uh, we have Lemon who from the get goes, starts crying. She's like, I have so much to show. And I'm like, yes, girl, you have so much to show. Whereas there's Jenny that is like, yeah, I'm not ready to go. But like realistically is, uh, is not my decision at this point. He's not in my hands. And then uh, Lemon goes to Jimbo and uh, like basically the alliances are very much visible. Lemon and Jimbo, even though like we 
said earlier in the episode they're not the greatest of friends anymore they still have that sisterhood they still have that yeah that sisterhood and that relationship and that connection that comes from being in the same season a little bit like Rolastic Dogs used to have and uh, but throughout the episode uh we have mentioned that Jenny and uh, Pangina spoke about different teams and uh, one of them being the fact that they're the only one for their country. So it's kind of uh, like expected for Pangina and Jenny to actually have that connection and that alliance. So we get back to the main stage and uh, we lip sync uh, to a song by the Spice Girls, or like, who called them? The Spice Ghettos. Lala. Which song is that? The song is... Dun, 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 dun. Say You Will Be There by The Spice Girls. I don't know why Rue calls them Vegas Ghettos. That's weird, but okay. This lip sync was really good. I was quite scared for Jimbo, not going to lie, because I've seen her, her lip sync. Yeah, I've seen her lip sync in abilities in, um, you know, Canada Drag Race, and it's not the best, but that's not what she's known for. She's a comedy queen. She's, you know, she, she can make you laugh. She's funny. She's weird. She's kooky. Yeah. You know, not everyone has to be a dancer or a lip syncer. You know, not all of us have got rhythm, and that's okay. But to be fair, I think that anyone that would go against Pangina would be destroyed, pretty much. 100%. Like, yeah, there is a lot of dancing queens, but there are there dancing queens that have got originality like that? I don't know. Maybe not. And, yeah, I was really excited. I'm not a personal fan of the song. I'm actually not a personal huge fan of Spice Girls, to be fair, because I don't really like cheesy music. I know. I know. You I'm like a traitor to the Ah! <sighs> I, I know I'm a traitor to this country. This season we do I just, anymore. I just don't like cheesy music. But I like the Spice Girls as people. Like, I think Mel C is really funny. I really liked that she was there as a judge. And I just loved seeing her vibe to her own song. That was really cute. There are some songs that I do like from them. It's just they're not really my vibe. That's all. You know, I'm just not I a like cheesy anymore. music fan. This says about your personality. I, like, I like good music, you know, like rap and hip hop and R and B and dance music. Like spice music that's are good music. Uh, well, anyway, you know, the queens did a good job. I found it funny when um, Jimbo was falling, but Pangina, like, even though she was literally in the middle of the song, she literally helped her, but she made it seem like it was part of her choreography, which yeah, I was here for. Times. Yeah, and of course, um, Pangina was also doing some iconic Spice Girl moves as well. So, you know, mixed in with her own, like, dancing mm -hmm. style, which I really appreciated. I was really wildly entertained. So even though it wasn't my favorite song on the planet, I really enjoyed the performance. And as predicted, Pangina, of course, wins the lip sync. Are you surprised, Gabby? No. Yeah, no. Um, is there anyone in, in in the cast that you think could beat her in a lip sync? Well, I think uh, the only person that could have uh, has been eliminated by by her. So well, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. And saying that, you know, Pangina does choose 
Lennon to go home, unfortunately. And it's clear from Jimbo's reaction that she did choose Janie Jacquet to go home. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't feel like Lemon should have gone home. No. At all. 100%. But I don't think that, but I don't think she should have been in the bottom anyway. She, Janie definitely had the worst performance, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really know what to say other than what everyone else has said that, you know, Lemon was robbed. I don't think... She, Lemon was robbed. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think she was, but no, she was. She was robbed. It's like, and you probably confused, like, oh, but I thought you didn't, like, absolutely upset over her performance like yeah I didn't absolutely obsess but she shouldn't have been in the bottom in the first place so there you go but we do get uh, to the fact that Pangina is the beholder of a golden repeater badge and uh, that's uh, the end of the episode next week we have a sewing challenge yay I don't are your... I'm not happy about it so early so early my friend Oh, but you should do it when there's more queens in the competition, right? To see who's good and who's not. But I think we already have a clear idea as, as to who would do well and who wouldn't. Like, Blue Hydrangea, I think, is going to do really well. I really hope she's I gonna... feel like Blue will win. She'll win this episode, I reckon, because she's an amazing Seems cra- craftsman. Well, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I was like, craftsman? Or what's, <laughs> what's the word again? I don't know. I'm so tired. I don't know. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. And that's the end of the episode, my friends. Follow us on Instagram at chickstockingdrag underscore the pod. Use the hashtag chickstockingdrag on Twitter. Follow us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, or wherever you consume your podcast. Leave us a review. You know, you guys, we really want to hear from you. So let us know what your thoughts are on what we can do better. And without further ado, good night. Good night, everyone. It's been a blast. Don't forget to watch UK Drag Race versus the World on BBC Three in the UK and also Wild Presents Plus for anyone else in the world. And it comes out every Tuesday at 9pm UK time or on Wild Present the day after.